Morning, everyone. Great to be together. Can I just add my welcome to you this morning, particularly if you're new, visiting Gateway for the first time. It is great to have you here. I'm Colin. I have the privilege of leading the team at Gateway. If you are new, um, just to let you know, at the beginning of every September, we use it as an opportunity to um, remind ourselves of the vision that God has called us to here at Gateway and to use it really as a springboard for this coming year. Our our year runs the same as school years, really, from September to September. And so that is what we are doing this morning. We'll be reminding ourselves of what God's called us to, the challenges ahead of us, the opportunities ahead of us, and, and how we're responding as a church. So we'll pray into that in just a moment and get going. Before I do, I'd love to um, just, well, not love to, I just want to let you know, I'd love to let you know, that... Um, this coming week, today in fact, I'm flying off to South Africa um, for a week to go and spend the next seven days with Steve Oliver, who leads our family of churches and 20 other um, leaders from regions beyond, um, to spend some time together building relationship, growing in God. I really genuinely believe God's put it on my heart. It's a great moment um, for us and for me to go. It's quite a significant moment. And so I'd love to... In- invite you and ask you, would you pray for me this coming week? And also, definitely pray for Emma as she holds fort at home with the kids, um, just for God's grace and peace in the home. That would be great. Um, but So we're part of that family of churches, regions beyond. It's, it's still such early days of, of finding, the, finding the rhythm for us. And so these moments are incredibly, incredibly significant. In fact, Mark Thornett went to this same gathering last year. It's got this, it's got this great name called Pitso. Um, which is a Sasutu word, which means a gathering of the village elders. So Sasutu, um, Lesotho is right by Steve's farm where we're going to be based. And uh, Mark went last year, and off the back of that, that was all part of Mark ready, sorry, God readying Mark to be launched to go, come on, I want to get hold of you. I want you to, I want you to go and lead um, the church and the Isle of Wight Apex Church. So it's a significant moment for Mark. I'm believing it will be significant for me and for us also. So if you could pray. That would be great. Right, I'll pray and we'll get going. Father, we thank you that you are with us by your spirit. We thank you that you are forever faithful, forever true, forever present, that you're working all things together for our good, that you're making all things new in our day. And we thank you that you're here right now. And we just say we are here for you. Guys, just as we were singing a moment ago, I'll stand with my arms high and my heart abandoned giving all I have to you, all I have is yours. Those words come so easily from our mouth when we sing, Lord Jesus. But I pray today that you would test the validity of the words we sing and and challenge our hearts and lives and minds because we long to be all for you, for your kingdom come, for the glory of your name. And so we just pray by your spirit, would you help us today as we remind ourselves of who we are and what you've called us to do. For your glory, we pray this. For those who don't yet know you, who are far from you, across Swindon and beyond, we pray, Lord, grab hold of us afresh today. And for our joy, we pray, fill us afresh with your spirit. Motivate us right now. Compel us into into grabbing hold of what you've called us to, to be and to do and to seek in these days. We ask, come, help us in these moments. Amen. Right. So if you are new to Gateway, if, you've, if this is your first Sunday or you, or you have only just recently started coming, I just want to r- let you know where we are as a church, what's happening, where we are, what's coming up in this next season. It is really quite a significant point in our journey as a church. 
this coming January, we are going to be multiplying from one church in one site to one church in two sites. We have 19 more Sundays to go before we do that. So it is coming around incredibly quickly. So we're going to go multi-site. And I'm going to unpack that more in just a moment. And I just want to very briefly ask the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? All the upheaval, the investment, the money, the time, the energy, the changing of relationships and, and the way we do things and think, is it worth it? Why not just stay one church in one site as we are, which we absolutely could do? Is it worth it? So to answer that, I just want to start by saying it is so absolutely worth it. It is, it is absolutely worth breaking camp and advancing at this point in our story for a whole number of reasons reasons. But the most significant one is that because as a church, we have a high view of the church. We don't just think that the church or gateway is something you do on a Sunday morning. We have a high view of passion for the church of Jesus Christ. We love the church of Jesus Christ. We love it because the church is God's desire to have a people for himself. God has always wanted his own people, a people of his own, and the climax of history will be when God gathers his church, his bride, his people to himself. He dwells amongst them by his spirit and shouts from his throne that he is our God and we are his people. That's that's the end of the story. It's not the end of the story, it's the end of the beginning, if you like. And then on into eternity. That's the end of Revelation, the book of Revelation. And so what is the church? Why, why does Jesus want a people of his own? Why does God want a people of his own? Why do we have a high view of the church? Well, just very quickly, let me give you some reasons. I am not going to unpack them now. But you know the church is the apple of God's eye. It's the reason for all of creation that he would have a, a glorious people for himself. I don't know if you feel very glorious this morning, but you are because God is glorious. And what's true of God has become true of you in Christ Jesus. So here's some reasons. I'm just going to rattle them off. We are the bearer of the manifold wisdom of God. Ephesians 3.10. We are the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.15. We are the home of God, the new temple, the dwelling place of God by his spirit. Ephesians 1.22. We are the family of God. Ephesians 3. We are the purpose of creation and the fullness of Christ to fill the earth. We are the purpose of creation and the fullness of Christ to fill the earth. Ephesians 1, 22. You are not a mistake. We are the bearer of truth, 1 Timothy 3. We are the army of God on a mission. And that comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and Philippians 2. Martin Lloyd-Jones, great preacher and theologian, said this. He considered the church on earth not merely as a means to escape hell, but to be a people that will astound the world. You're here this morning, isn't that, oh, Gateway's a refugee center and a means of escaping hell. Jesus isn't just a a refuge, a place of refuge, although he absolutely is that. He's not just a place, a person that you go to, to to avoid and escape hell. We often can get stuck on thinking like that. But we are a people that God is calling together, building together, that will astound the world. I don't know about you. I'm not sure particularly this morning. I feel like God is using me or 
necessarily using us to astound the world, but do you know what? He absolutely is. He absolutely is. As Al said earlier, this isn't just a group of people. This is the manifold wisdom of God on display. Bill Hybels leads Willow Creek Church in America. He said this, he speaks of the local church as a community of people who are radically devoted to Christ, irrevocably committed to each other, and relentlessly dedicated to reaching those outside of God's family with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The church is an unstoppable force for good in the community and a testimony of God's unfailing grace. What a great phrase. And finally, what shall the church be? We shall become the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, a tangible community of God's people, the bride of Christ, no less. And we will gather around his throne and we will be with God forever, and he will be with us forever. That's what we are to become. You can read that in Revelation and Hebrews and elsewhere in the Bible. The church, guys, we the church are to have a high view of the church. It's so incredibly important. So for us at Gateway, how does that work itself out? Yes, we love the church. We have a high view of the church, but But what are we doing? What are we about? What's our story, if you like, our journey that God is taking us on? Another way of phrasing that, what's our prophetic narrative for us at Gateway? What's the specific things and and vision that God is giving to us to say it looks like this, it works itself out like this in Gateway Church? What's God called us to? And for me, as um, as a Growing youngster and a leader of the church, do you know I have had in my heart for a long time that we would be a church that is a multiplying community. That we would never just stay as one group of people in one building, but that we would reflect the missional heart of the Bible through the, through the gospel and through the epistles, the, the Acts of the Apostles, where you see this multiplying, growing community, multiplying, spreading out, saying we can't stay as we are Because there's people to reach. That's why our our vision, our purpose, if you like, is that we want to see people far from God come into life, transforming relationship with him through Jesus and join us on mission as Jesus makes all things new. And this sense of mission, people to be reached, work to be done, people to be sent, gifts to be sent, leaders to be sent, leaders to be raised, trained and released, each one of us to to be released into the calling and the gifts that God has given us to, is right at the heart of how we think and act and operate as a church. And, I've, and this has been my passion. This is absolutely on my heart for a very long time. But can I just say, I don't think this is just a good idea that I came up with or that we as a leadership team came up with. I know, why don't we multiply to different sites? It just seems like a good idea. No, we fundamentally want to be a church of people who are led by the voice of God. We really believe in the prophetic voice of God, that that prophetic narrative that he's leading us with as a community. So Andrew Leakey, who planted Gateway Church or Swindon Family Church as it was then back in October or November 1992, he, if anybody was here around in Andrew's days, you will remember that he used to regularly, regularly talk about Swindon Family Church or Gateway being being five churches in and around Swindon, working together in relationship. And I grew up as a youngster, and that just sat in my heart, and I had a a vision for it and faith for it, and I heard it, and I believed that's what God 
was going to do, and it's sat in my heart to this day. And so I don't believe it's just a good idea. I believe it's a seed that God has planted in my heart. As Andrew was planting the church, there was a guy who led a church down the road in Bracknell called Ben Davis. And he gave Andrew a prophetic word for the church that really has defined how we think and have acted and have sought to build over all these years and continue to do so. And it's just come back to me afresh in these recent days that that Ben Davis said to Andrew that, that we are to build locally and think internationally. We're to build well locally. We're to build a healthy, vibrant, strong community on mission in Swindon and the surrounding area. We're to give it our attention. But at the same time, we're to think nations, unreached people group, strengthening the church and other nations, partnering in in the gospel with our friends across the world. There's a work to be done. There's poor to be served. And so, yes, we're to build locally, but not just locally, also internationally, but not just internationally, making sure we've got a strong home base that we can serve from into all of those things. And so in that sense, there's been a story that God has been taking us on. And so we really believe that God has been leading us both prophetically and just I've got faith in my heart and we have faith in our heart to take this step as a church, as a leadership team, say we really believe that we're to go multi-site from January onwards. As I said, that the importance of the prophetic, the importance of knowing God's leading, God's voice, we mustn't underestimate it. And so I just want to share with you a prophetic word that Olive, are you here in the second meeting, Olive? Where is she? Nope, she's gone. Um, so Olive Pryor gave us, emailed through a prophetic word back in um, 2013 on the 20th of May. And I just want to share it with you to see how God speaks to the local church, to come and confirm what he's already laid on our hearts. So Olive had no idea that as a team we were already thinking, processing, praying about this idea. I absolutely had it on my heart that I believed this idea of multiplying to two sites um, was where we should be looking to do and go. And Olive sent through this email. She said, hi guys, after this evening, and I believe it was a prayer meeting, that we were at, she said, I feel the timing is right to write what has been brewing in my heart for a few months now with regards to the church. Much is spoken of sending out, etc., and it's great that we're back in that same place again with Simon and Fiona and Mark and Jackie, and often the best of which leaves a draft. However, I believe something is brewing with regards to church planting, imminent really, particularly on the east side of town. And Olive knew nothing of this at this point. I don't know if you have considered it. We had. I may be completely wrong, but I really feel this is something on God's agenda. How it works, how it fits, I haven't got a clue. There is so much movement at the moment with people going here and there. Anyway, I really felt God reminded me tonight to remind you guys that you took a step of faith in January to vacate some seating by making provision for the young people in another format. And so there Olive is talking about back just a few months earlier, we had, we had filled up basically. We were full on a Sunday, no more space, standing room only. And so we decided to, if I can put it like this, kick the kids out from the beginning of the meeting to make space for more people to come. We love our kids, by the way. But it was just a real pragmatic decision to say, we need more space, we're full up. What are we going to do? I oh, know. Let's get the kids out from the beginning. And so we did that for a season. And then Olive said this. What happened to those empty seats? They were quickly filled again. I believe this was a precursor to what will happen when change happens again. But this time, church change on a much bigger scale. 
I believe people are in preparation for that change. I believe we have been in that position. Sorry, I believe. I don't believe we've been in that position before. There has been much training of both leaders and foot soldiers. Shortly after that email, we, went, we then went to multiple meetings. We went to two meetings in September 2014. And isn't it incredible how God's laid something on my heart and on our heart as a team and we're mulling, believing God for, for this and praying it through. And then the prophetic comes in and goes, it's not, it's not Colin's idea. It's not the leader's idea here. It's God's agenda for us. I believe this is an olive sand. I believe this is God's agenda for Gateway. And you go, thank you, God. Thank you that we're not just trying to come up with our own good ideas, but that you're speaking and leading us. And so we have such full confidence that this is what God is doing with us in this season. We must be a community that are always led by the prophetic. We say, God, what is it you're doing with us? What kind of church do you want us to be? How are we to move and multiply and impact this town? And so that was really quite significant for us. So as I said, we went to two meetings shortly after that. And around that time when we went to two meetings, we were about 260 adults and kids, September 2014. And not that long after that, we grew pretty much overnight really to 400 adults and children on a Sunday morning. And so that going to two meetings wasn't a sense of, oh, we believe God's calling us to go to two meetings on a Sunday morning. Again, it was another pragmatic step. It was another, let's make space for more people to come, decision, because we were full up again. And since around the end of 2014, we have just bobbled along nicely at 400. We haven't grown. We haven't shrunk, which means, and we have, but every week we have new people coming. But that means that every week people are leaving too. And so we've got some challenges for us in that. But, but you know, I believe that we weren't meant to stick at a church that just says, right, we're doing two meetings. That wasn't what God has spoken to us. We had to break camp and advance. So let me just for a few moments unpack why we believe that for us there's good reason to go multi-site to, to make this step of one church in two locations. And firstly to say, because I think it releases resource incredibly effectively. Churches always have a challenge of resource. And by that I often I mean the organizational resource, the, the resource present to organize and facilitate and make the life of the church happen well and effectively. We know many people in churches across Swindon who are leading churches where they're, they're stuck because they don't have the resource, the administrative and operational base and the leadership in place to, to make church effective and have momentum. And I'm not speaking down on that. We want to stand with them. Those guys, they're friends. We want to support them and play our part to help strengthen them in these days. But we are incredibly blessed at Gateway with the resource that God has given us. We are a resource-heavy church. And can I just say thank you for playing your part in that, for the generosity, for, the, for that releasing resource that we can grow and have momentum. I genuinely mean that. It is a privilege that we are able to do all that we're doing. But do you know something? There is so much more for us to do. There is more resource that needs to be unlocked. There is more generosity, both finance, time, skills, gifts in the days ahead. It, in, it increases, the value of multi-site is that it increases our presence and impact in the town. And by that, please don't think I mean the building in the west and the building in the east. Although it's true, in one sense, we have so many people that drive past that back road along there and see the sign up says Gateway Church and walk through the doors because they've seen that sign. So although it's true in a sense of visible presence, 
Actually, we need to understand of ourselves that, that we are the church in Swindon. You are the church where you live and work and where your kids are and whatever college you go to or wherever you're studying. You are the church. And actually, we want more people to belong to our community that we are the church in Swindon, more visible, more present, making it much more easy to say to your neighbors and friends, hey, come to church with me. Come and see what God is doing. Come and see the journey that God has taken us on. Al was just saying to me in the break that he was having a conversation with somebody who after the first meeting said, I get it. I get it. I was thinking, uh, how am I going to make the journey to Gateway, Gateway West with my friends? I've got some friends that I'd love to invite along to Gateway, but I, I'm going to have to buy a car to get them all there, and I can't afford a car, and so I don't know how I'm going to engage them and say, look, come and share. Come and be a part of what God is doing. And they, they were mulling over, should I go to the east or the west? And suddenly a penny dropped, and they said, oh, I get it. I can invite them to the east. It's just one bus stop away. And so now I can invite my friends along to come and be part of what God is doing, to come and share in this community. And so it is incredibly effective to making it just so much easier to say to friends and family, do you want to come along? Do you want to come along? The value of multi-site is that it increases space for raising more gifting, more future leadership gifts, for, for raising and releasing. Do you know, often churches where, where we lose our missional edge, there's a glass ceiling over the church where it becomes incredibly slow and hard to raise and release leaders. We believe that leaders are key to building a healthy, strong, vibrant local church, and multi-site is going to serve us so well into that. And we believe it's important and there's a value in multi-site because we have a heart for the whole town and surrounding areas. We don't think of ourselves as just the church in West Swindon, because actually we're the church made up from people from all across Swindon and the surrounding villages. And that's always been how we've thought as a church, not just Wesley, but the whole of the town. God's given us a heart for that. But you know, if we want to be increasingly effective, we're going to struggle to do that from just one site in West Swindon. People in Swindon don't think necessarily town-wide at times. People in the east don't necessarily have much to do with the west, and people in the west don't necessarily have much to do with the east. I grew up in this town, and that is very much how, it think, how people think. And so for us to be increasingly effective, having multiple sites, and not just two, by the way, but more down the road, where we have a presence and we can grow and be effective is incredibly important. So if I can put it like this, think more Audi than Waitrose. Audi's just popping up everywhere, aren't they? And little too. They're just on every corner. And you think you've got enough, and then you see another three that are being built at the same time. It's just like, what? But you go, and there's Audis everywhere. Not nice car garages, sorry. Aldi. And um, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? But Audi shops are all over the place. And, it, and Waitrose, there's just one in town. And so we, our plan is to be more like Audi, serving local communities, having a presence all over the place. And again, remembering that we are the church, not the buildings. And I think that's important, and I don't want to overemphasize this point, but I think, do you know, I believe that Audi reflects Swindon and the people of Swindon more than Waitrose does. It's not that either is more precious to God, not at all, but in the way we think and build, we need to understand that actually Do you know, even mobility, the ability to travel across the town is a factor for whether people can join us or not. It really is. And so actually multiplying, 
understanding the demographic of the town is so important for us to grow in effectiveness in the days ahead. So let me briefly just say, when we think about multi-site, what does it look like for us? What are we talking about? So I realized through conversations that I've had with different ones and the other guys have had too, many in Gateway have different um, expectations of what it's going to look like, different hopes and dreams and aspirations for it. But when we as a team are talking multi-site and for us as a church as we head into this in January, what are we thinking it's going to look like? Let me read this to you. We will have one name, one vision, one set of doctrines and values. We will have one eldership, one staff team, one budget, one legal identity. We will have one philosophy of ministry. That is the way we, we think about how we do church. The attitude of gateway, if you like. The nuance of how we live out this mission. And we will have one website, which in today's world is incredibly important. We really are thinking of ourselves as one church in two locations. Not two churches, but one church in two locations. So in one sense, you could say not a lot is going to change, other than that on Sundays we will be gathering in different locations across the town, having increased presence across the town. But I recognize come January, we are going to be at a point in our story, in our journey, where we're going to genuinely see the ending of a chapter of the story of Gateway and the beginning of another chapter. I really feel this is something God's impressed on me and on us as a team. That There's a moment, there's a, there's a, a defining moment in our story, if you like, a, a season of change, a transition point. A chapter ending and a chapter beginning. So as, as we send off Mark and Jackie to go and lead the Isle of Wight early January, and then we multiply into two meetings, there's going to be a huge shift for us. It's going to be a significant moment. And the reality of that is, and it's already begun to work itself out, is that these kind of transition moments, these moments of change, changing leadership, changing the way we do church and understand what it looks like and how it functions... The challenge of being full on a Sunday morning, not that we're full at the moment, but bobbing around this 400 mark, which in the church, in how churches work, the churches that are around 400 really, to move on through that, have to change the way they think, the way they function, the way they organize themselves and are staffed, and the way leaders operate, and how the body serves one another, and have to make a transition of operation. And that can often be a painful point, which is why, do you know, we could happily bob along at 400 for the next five years because it's difficult to break through these barrier points in church life. And there's a lot of what we've been doing up until recently where we've thought more like a church of 200, and that's not wrong, I'm not speaking down on small churches, but the way we operate, the way we structure ourselves and think of ourselves has often reflected a church of 200, which doesn't serve us to move forward, rather than a church of 600, which helps us create space in the way we structure ourselves. So we've got these painful points that we need to go through. Just the other day, Ollie, our third son, he's 11 now, and he was in the kitchen and then suddenly just fell to the floor, moaning, holding his legs, rubbing his legs, and he's like, oh, my legs, it's growing pains, and he's just there rubbing his legs, and he's, he's in that tension of growth right now. From, from a young child into a teenager, and the speeding up of growing is causing his legs to hurt. That's a real pain. And then for Jude, who's slightly older, he ha- Jude, are you in the room? Hope not. He has the pain of teenage angst that he's going through right now. And there are, there are moments of pain when we grow up from children into adults. 
And it's actually a healthy thing to go through and recognize this is a good thing. It's a good thing your legs are aching because you're growing. We, we're, we're designed to grow healthily. But the growing pains for us currently are simply this. We, we're going through the leadership transition. We've sent Simon and Fiona earlier in the year to lead Biggin Hill. In January, we're going to be sending Mark and Jackie to go and lead the apex on the Isle of Wight. We are in a huge season of transition for us as a leadership team. And we, are, we recognize that and we've been restructuring ourselves. And in a moment, I'll come back and just say where we are on that. The anticipation of going multi-site, I, you know, I genuinely believe that puts a, a sense of, oh, how's it going to be? What about my friendships? Why have we got to change? This is fine. And just, it can just have an effect on us. I'm aware that I've had conversations and meals with people recently where, where you hear that. You hear people finding it difficult at the moment. As we grow, as we're sending on leadership gifts, particularly um, what people would think of as pastoral gifts, people going, oh, I'm, I don't know I'm being cared for so well. My friendships aren't quite what they used to be. Hey guys, we're in a season of growing at the moment and feeling the pain. And as I just said a moment ago, the growing pain of being at a size of 400, which is a church growth barrier point that we need to smash through in the coming days. Growing can be painful. And the question really, therefore, is, is it worth it? Why not just stay where we are? It's fine what's happening here. We've still got empty seats. Why bother? We, um, Jude, Ollie, and I, earlier in the year, we went for a walk up, um, or climbed up Trevan in Wales. And as we were climbing up, we had been walking for about 40 minutes up, um, up Trevan, and we stopped for a drink. We'd only just started. It was going to be a frustrating walk. And as we stopped, the, the boy said to me, do we really have to climb all the way up? This is, this is good here. We could maybe just go a little bit further and then we could climb back down. And you know, just as they said that, at that moment, these red arrows came flying past underneath us. We were above the height of the red arrows at that point. And we looked down, it's an electric blue sky, incredible day. And here's the picture and the proof. Can you see them? And so we were up on the edge at the side of this mountain. We were not even a quarter of the way up. And the red arrows did a special fly pass just for us at that point. And I just thought, that's amazing. We've just, we're seeing something that normally you look up at something. And right now we're looking down at something from a different perspective. And, and, I, and I, just, I was just reflecting. And I'm like, gateway, it's so worth climbing up. It's so worth climbing and going for, multiplying movement, momentum, just move, breaking camp and advancing because there's different views, there's different things that God wants to lead us into in the days ahead. And so we carried on climbing for a little bit and if ever you've climbed up a, a Welsh mountain, you'll know that there's lots of, in effect, what become false summits. And so as you're climbing, you look up and the rock face in front of you, you think, oh, that's the summit. And you climb a little bit more and suddenly you realize you are a long way from the summit. In fact, there's three more false summits before you even get to the top summit. And then every one, I had to cajole the boys, blackmail them, threaten them that we're going to keep going till we get to the top. And so, but it's so worth it, guys. It is so worth it. God is calling us to say, don't settle gateway. The danger for the church is that we go, it's nice and comfy. Why bother? God has called us to so much more than where we are right now. A helpful definition of the church is simply this, that the church is a community on mission. 
The challenge for the church is maintaining that balance of missional life and quality community at the heart of that mission. Being a church on mission and community at the same time is incredibly difficult and, and it's easy to, to go for one over the other, to be slightly more missional than building community or to be slightly more going for community than, than bothering with mission. It's incredibly difficult to get the both. And an appropriate response really to say, is it worth it, is simply this. We need to remember that Jesus gave himself up for his church. Jesus thought it is so worth it. This Jesus' vision of his bride, of his church, of his glorious church, he thought it is so worth it that he climbed the hill of Calvary. He climbed upon a cross and gave his life because he had this vision of a church. And he thought, it's so worth it. I'll lay my life down for this glorious bride, for this glorious church that he sees. It's so worth going for. It's so worth saying, we're going to lay our lives down. We're going to give all that we are. We, we sing the songs, but do we mean it? I'll give you everything I am. I'll abandon my heart, my wallets, my family, my time, my energies and skills for you, for your glory, God, to see your church advance in our day. Jesus says it's worth it. What about you this morning? Are you just attending? Just rocking up on a Sunday? Just ticking a box saying, well, I went to church, yeah. He gave himself up for her. Martin Luther King said this, If a man has not found a cause to die for, he is not fit to live. Hey, may your cause be the church of Jesus Christ and his glory, his fame. It's worth giving your life to. It's worth going, everything I have is yours. Please never just rock up and sing words like that unless you mean it. God is looking for a people who mean it, who willingly lay down our lives. It's what Christ followers do. We lay down our lives, our priorities, and our agendas. We say, not our way, but your way, Lord Jesus. So the reality is, That as we seek to be on mission, mission is always going to test and stretch our community. It's going to be a challenging factor. Too little mission in the life of a church creates argumentative, small-minded communities that begin to get sidetracked on side issues. Like what color the paint in the toilet should be. What kind of seats we should have. Where in the meeting should we do communion? Should we really do it every week or not? The tarmac is the wrong shade of grey. We should redo it. Those kind of... And genuinely, I know that one. Thankfully not here. Churches can get stuck when mission is not central enough in their life. It all gets a bit stuffy. The same old people. Ten years on. Oh, it's still me and you and you and me. And there's not many new people, but it's us. And No, churches need life, new people coming in, bringing in new life, new gifts, new skills, new leadership to help them stay fresh and advance. Churches need to keep sending people. We are not, this is not a bump in our season of sending Simon and Fiona, sending Mark and Jackie, praying for Rob and Sabine as they go. This is not a bump. This is our new normal. We are to be a sending church because there is more people to reach. And when churches aren't missional, a glass ceiling develops over leadership and future leadership, leaders get raised at a snail's pace because when you're not on mission, you really don't need more leaders. And then you start to get a bit picky about the kind of leaders you're after. 
And you kind of go, hmm, not sure. Rather than looking at people and raising and saying, God's gifted you. You're great. Come on, we're here for your success and raising and releasing people. Guys, that's the kind of church we want to be. And the other side of that is that actually too little community can actually damage the mission of the church too. Because the mission can't be sustained unless we have strong community, healthy community at the heart of who we are. Firstly, leaders get worn out. People aren't in relationship together. A a small group of people, a minority of people doing the lion's share of leading and serving Gateway. And do you know that's where we are right now? A small number of people giving themselves, being, being worn out, being just buffeted by the ongoing, okay, I'll keep going, I'll keep going. Where are the others who are going to come and partner with us? We're at that point right now where leaders are worn out because not enough people are stepping up and say, hey, I'll partner. I'll give my gifts and skills and talents and services to help partner in with what we're doing here. And secondly, we need community. We need enough good quality, life-giving community amongst us because actually people who do come and encounter Jesus and get on board with what God's doing amongst us, they need to be discipled and equipped and trained to be sent out on mission. Not in two years' time, but immediately need, this is what it now means to be a follower of Jesus. Go and tell your neighbors. Go and tell your friends about what the Lord has done for you. So just briefly, Al, would you be able to let the team leaders know we're going to go over 10 minutes? You're allowed to leave, but you'll miss the best bit. Just briefly, how did the early church respond when they had these points in their story of growth pain? Hey, we're on mission, but it's affecting our community. How did they respond? And do you know, Acts 6 provides a brilliant picture of how the leaders at that time responded to this challenge. Let me read from Acts 6. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing... The Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered, that's the apostles, and all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers or brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. Notice they're not saying it's not important. They're saying it's, it's important and we recognize it needs to be done. Therefore, we're going to raise leaders. And we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And by ministry of the word, it doesn't mean we're going to sit in an ivory tower with commentaries on the book of Isaiah and just spend our time reading the Bible. It means it's, it's paraphrased for mission, for seeing the advance of the church, for equipping the saints for good work. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and six others. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. You know, we can often forget that there is a cost of mission until we're actually in it. We go, ah, challenge moment. That's what happened here in Acts 6. It, it, it looked like people, members of their community, feeling overlooked, like they were missing out, like they weren't being cared for and served in the way that they should be. People feeling neglected or unknown in the community of God's people or uncared for. Do you know, it can be felt incredibly easy by people who've been part of the church for a long time 
Say, it used to be so friendly, and now it's not so friendly. I used to know people, but now I don't really know people here. These are real things. Maybe less people are asking you every week or each month, hey, how are you doing? How's your family? How's your marriage? How's work? How's your walk with Jesus? Question is, what did they do in response? And I just really want to quickly answer, give some headers into that. Their solution to the problem was not to say, oh dear, look, us being on mission is creating this community problem. Let's abandon mission. Let's not bother multiplying. Let's not bother seeking to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, once they had been made aware that there was this challenge, the, le- the leaders immediately reasoned that the solution was not for them to cut back on the ministry of the word or the mission, if you like. But, in fact, the answer was to strengthen community. So, a couple of points of how they did that. Firstly, they increased honesty amongst them. The leaders said, look, there's a problem. We haven't got enough people to help bear the load, to stand with us, to strengthen what we're doing. We're feeling the weight of this. People are being overlooked. Community's weakening at the moment. Honesty arose. How people were really feeling began to come out. And do you know that can actually be a really useful thing in the church? Please don't think if you are struggling and not feeling connected, you're not allowed to say anything because that's complaining. You're allowed to say, do you know what? I feel disconnected. But we will say right back to you, get plugged into a group. Get plugged into community. Are you in a small group right now? Are you making friends? Are you inviting people around to your home? Are you making an effort? Secondly, they increased organization. And for some people, I recognize that the word organization doesn't cut it with church. Oh, surely we shouldn't be organized. Surely we should be a lot more organic than we are. And in one sense, that can be true at different church sizes. In a small church, nothing wrong with small churches, great by the way, but too much organization can utterly kill and crush community. It's a lot more friends together, just enjoying each other's company. Everybody knows everybody. But in a growing church, or in a larger church, too little organization actually equally can crush community. People don't find a way in to build relationships. People not sureing, not sure what it means to belong to the church. The Acts 6 church, they were growing, and they needed to up their level of organization to ensure that as they continued to grow, they were able to care for the community and build it well. It's why we organize our small group life. It's why we ask you every time to say, will you go again? Will you sign up? Thirdly, they increase the number of leaders. Missional church, churches that are seeking to grow and advance, obviously need increased leadership. Not just a few more leaders. We need, to, we need to treble it. We need to multiply our leadership because we need to be able to maintain what we've got going currently and continue to build strong community. And really, we need to treble it because we need one batch of leaders to carry on covering the bases right now. We need another whole load more leaders released and trained and equipped so that as more people come and join us and partner in what God's doing here, that we can care for them and help continue to build community. And we need another group of leaders that we are training and equipping because do you know what? There's other places that need churches to be planted and established and strengthened, new leaders to be sent to, more sites to be planted. We need many more leaders. Alongside that, fourthly, the the early church in Acts 6, we, we see that they increased responsibility of the leaders. They gave them tasks to do. They handed over ownership of areas of the life of the church. 
Fifthly, they increased levels of faith. And we see that as Stephen was picked, he was a man that's said to be full of faith and the Holy Spirit. What does it mean he was full of faith? I believe it means that he was full of faith for the mission that God had for the church. Not just somebody that liked the church, but believed, this is what God's called us to. I give myself to this. He was a guy who knew their ways in the Lord. And boy, do we need leaders to raise up who know our ways in the Lord. Who understand what we're about and who say, I'll give myself to that vision. I'll give myself to planting more churches, to being sent to lead and serve other churches. We get a window in that Acts 6 bit where, where that faith of the community grew also. And we read, don't we, that it says it, the proposal pleased all the group. The whole group were pleased by this proposal of appointing these seven men to come and help serve. And as we say, look, this is where we're going. This proposal of multi-site and raising more leaders should build faith in us and expectation as a community. And you know, God loves it when the community rises together in faith. Not just a few people on the front rows. But us together, the body of Christ. Gateway church. Getting hold of that and say, well, give ourselves to it. God loves that kind of corporate faith. Sixthly, they increase their dependency on the Holy Spirit. That's why they picked Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit. We want people who, are, who have an ease in the Holy Spirit to help do the mission and build community. It makes it easy when the Holy Spirit's involved. And finally, to help strengthen community, they increased hospitality. Can I just say... We need to grow in this area. It's so important and vital for us that we are a church who love one another, who welcome one another into our homes for meals. If you're feeling disconnected or like friendships have changed or we're not as, it's not as close as we used to be, do you know what the answer is? Get people around for dinner. Get people around for coffee and cake. Be the answer to the problem. By bolstering community, the early church leaders actually advanced the mission. By giving attention to the challenges of the community, the church flourished. Do you know what happened as they took those steps to strengthen the community? We read that the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Hey, as we get mission and community right, the church grows. That's so incredibly exciting. Just for a couple of minutes, I want to... um, really lay out for us the rest of the year, where we are, what the plan is as we prepare ourselves to multiply. And so I'm going to start by saying, do you know what? We're good to go for January. We're well on track to be ready to multiply to two sites come January. We've ordered all the equipment ready, which was an exciting day (laughs) and an expensive day. The building is sorted. We are going to be based at Dorkin School in East Swindon and We genuinely feel the leading of God in that. We are so excited about the relationship and the open door that we've received in the school. They just really open arms to us, saying, we really want you to be here. And they are too excited about having us there. And they are there helping. They're saying, how can we help? How can we serve you? So we're excited about that. And our plan for the rest of the year is simply this. As we head towards January, we are going to have two soft launch Sundays. These won't be public Sundays where we say, we're open for business This will be where those who have decided to go east are going to go east. And those who are saying, no, I'm here west, committed to the west, are going to stay here. And we're going to have one meeting in both locations as we will come January. And that's going to be on the 2nd of October and the 6th of November. They'll be 
test runs to flush out all of the issues before we fling the doors open. To, to realize that we can't serve enough tea and coffee for whatever reason or whatever it might be. And can I ask you a practical thing? Will you commit to being around on those two Sundays, the 2nd of October and the 6th of November? Can I ask you to commit to go ready to step up, ready to serve, ready to lead, ready to contribute, ready to be a blessing? We want to do these things well, okay? And so there are many people, a great number of people already saying, yep, I'm going east, I'm I'm committing to that. And there's also a, a significant number of people who right now are on the fence saying, I'm not sure, not sure where I want to be. Can I encourage you if that's you? Can I kind of push you off the fence and into the east at this point? We really want to, not that we don't like you in the west, we love you. But we really want to strengthen what's happening there, hit the ground running, have a thumping, gathering church from day one, not rattle around in a room where people come along and say, it's slightly awkward, okay? Can I just encourage you, set in your heart, pray about it over these coming weeks, and can I just, if, if that's you, can you just give Al and Sarah an email or a call and say, look, this is where we are, this is where we're going to be based, that would be so helpful for us. On the 6th of November, we are going to take up an offering to help finance all that we're doing. These are expensive adventures. They don't come free. There's always a cost, as I've said, cost of community, cost of relationship, cost of leadership, and a cost financially to being able to do these kind of adventures. So we're going to take up an offering. Can I ask you to pray into that? Give what God sets in your heart to give generously. We, we're in this together. This is a great way that we can partner in this together. And we no doubt will say, we'll also be saying, look, we're going to use part of the offering for another purpose also. We don't just want to ever take an offering for ourselves. We always want to use it to sow and seed into other things that God is doing that are, again, beyond our border, if you like. We always want to consider others in their mission also. Come Christmas, we are going to, and I'm really excited about this, as a way of saying to East Swindon, hey, look, we're here. We're in your community, we're present and visible. We're going to do a big flyer drop across that area. And I would love us, my heart is that we could, we could drop 10,000 flyers into the homes in and around that area. That we as a church are mobilized. And some of you right now are panicking, saying, please don't make me knock on somebody's door. That's fine, you can just put a flyer through somebody's door and then run away. Others of you are going, at last I get to go and knock on somebody's door and say, do you know Jesus? And pray for them and say, there's a new church starting Hey, if that's you, we'd love to do that. We're going to hold some training and equipping evenings in readiness for that. But this isn't for East people, by the way, who are going East. This is for Gateway. Remember, one church. This is all of us rising and saying, yep, we'll give ourselves to that. We'll speak more about that in the coming days. But please be so... I just The reason for saying that is I want us to, all of us together to rise up as, with this as an opportunity. Come New Year's Eve, we're going to hold a New Year's Eve celebration. Just a party, a time to let down our hair. We're going to worship God. We're going to pray in the new year. We're going to have food and fun and games and just spend time together enjoying each other's company. If you had other plans, cancel them. This is going to be better. It's going to be great fun with all the kids. And, and then come January the 8th, we are going to have a super celebration Sunday. Our last Sunday together before we multiply, we're going to have one meeting. We decided, wouldn't it be great before we multiply that we get everybody in the room together? We celebrate together. We worship Jesus. We, we tell the story of what God's, God's been doing at Gateway over these last 25 years. We remind ourselves of the journey, the story that God's got us on. Some of you will have big holes filled in as you go, oh, I never knew that. Never knew Gateway started like that or this happened along that part of the journey. Or I always wondered what happened to him and her. And where they went. Well, we're going to tell the story of Gateway. It's going to be a great fun Sunday. We share stories. 
And that Sunday will also be Mark and Jackie's last Sunday, official last Sunday with us before they head off to Apex. So we're going to pray for them, send them on their way. We're going to seek to bless them on that Sunday and spoil them rotten. And also we're going to pray for the new teams. So we're one church in two sites, but those sites are going to need leadership teams committed to leading and serving. And so, oh dear. And so we have been restructuring ourselves as a team, both in the way that we staff Gateway, but also in the way we want to serve the the two sites in the coming days ahead. And so how we are working is like this. We're going to establish a site for the West, uh, sorry, a team, a leadership team for the West, and we're going to establish a leadership site leadership team for the East site. In the West, so so that you know this, we want you to know this, I'm going to be leading the team along with Emma and Nigel and Helen, Nick and Motti, and we are super excited that we're going to invite Clive and Kaz, who are sat down here at the front, wave guys, and they're going to become part of the site leadership team with us. We love these guys, God has joined our hearts, can I just say they are incredible servers and leaders within the church modeling servant leadership and they have done an outstanding job of that through leading alpha and serving into that and more recently our kids teams and so I am just so excited that God is joining them into the team it's not about eldership we're not laying on hands on Clyde for eldership but we really do value that they're going to be a part of this team and these teams aren't going to consist of just elders down the road we really believe that that this multi-site model means that we can have teams that are made up of elders and non-elders men and women married and single in them in the days ahead So it creates space for people to grow in gifts in the days ahead. So that's the West team. And then in the East, Al and Sarah are going to be leading that team. And with them from day one is going to be Julian and Sarah Cook, who I don't think are in the room right now. And we love those guys. God, again, has joined our hearts together. And they are an incredible gift of encouragement. They really are. I I think they model that gift of encouragement that we need amongst us so well. Incredibly servant hearted. Incredibly for what God is doing. And, and I just love it. Julian will every now and again just text me and say, I'm so excited about what God's doing here. And do you know how, how much that lifts leaders' heads when people come alongside and say, I'm excited about what God's doing amongst us. And so that's going to be the team in the East to start with. We're going to grow these teams and expand them, not least of which because we have other sites we want to launch in the days ahead too. And then, so that January the 8th, we're going to lay hands on those teams and pray for them. And then, come January the 15th, we will go to two sites. We will break camp and advance to the west and the east, one church in two locations, which will be a great point in our story. And I'm sure you see that sense of the ending of one chapter and the beginning of another. Just very quickly, do you know our big challenge is this? We could head towards January just sailing along as we are at the moment, and it could be great. It could be good. It could be a bit bumpy. We don't really know right now, but one of my biggest perplexing challenges is this, that last week we had a prayer meeting. We know, we know this is our journey. We know we're going to break camp in advance come January. We had a prayer meeting last week, and out of a church of 400 adults and kids, there were 16 of us. We had a great time together praying, don't get me wrong, but 16 at such a significant moment in our story. And I don't want to beat anybody up with that, but instead I would much rather invite you, challenge you, call you to come along to the prayer meetings over these next few months before we multiply to two sites. Can I give you a personal call to say, would you come, would you commit to coming to one prayer meeting a month 
We hold two. I think it's the first Monday of each month and the third Tuesday of each month. Something, or the other way around. Um, but we hold two prayer meetings a month. Can I ask you to commit to going to just one of those over this season? We gather for an hour, hour and a half, just to pray. To pray, God, come lead us. Come strengthen us. Come fill us with your spirit. Pray for each other. Pray for, pray for the nations. Pray for all that God's doing amongst us. It's so important that we are fueling what God's doing in the furnace, in the engine room of prayer. Can I invite you to make that commitment? Bring your kids with you. Husbands go on the Mondays, wives go on the Tuesdays. But it's so important that we together as a community own this in prayer in the days ahead. We will say this again as we come up to the prayer meetings each time. Will you commit to coming between now and January? That when we hit the ground come January the 15th, this glorious church grows and advances and all that we've been saying will result in more people coming to know Jesus Christ and him crucified, the hope of the world. So that's our prayer. That's where we are. It's exciting. Please go from this place full of faith. And we really just want to say we love you guys. We're so thankful that God has joined us together in mission on this, as this community. These are exciting days. So please get on board. Pray for God to fill you with faith for all that he's doing amongst us in these days. I'm finished. Please, parents, collect your kids. Stick around, say hello to somebody new, and see you guys soon.